Hi, this is Cherry. This is Kat. And welcome back to Keeping It Creepy with Cherry and Kat. Episode three. Episode three. This train is moving right along. It is. I'm proud of us. <laughs> I am too. Um, so today, our topic, because it is mm-hmm. horror, October is a good month for horror, right? It's spooky month. Everybody loves Halloween and dressing up and scary stories. So today we are going to talk about ghosts movies that you can find streaming on some platform. We might have gotten a little creative. We might have gotten a little creative, mostly because um, we came up with this topic, you know, let's do ghost ghost movies that are streaming. It's good, it's almost October, that'll be great. However, once we attempted to make a list of ghost movies that we had seen and could talk about, it turned out to be harder to make a list than we thought. Good grief. It did. So we (laughs) gave ourselves some parameters. And first of all, they had to be ghosts, which we were differentiating from demons and possession. Yes. And that did a lot. (laughs) (laughs) That that dramatically cut down the list. Yes, it did. Mm -hmm. A couple of these movies that, you know, we might have been particularly attached to we were like, surely it's on the internet somewhere. Surely, somewhere. So, <laughs> so we apologize if some of these are harder to uh, get access to for you personally, but we really wanted to make a list of ghost movies that we had at least seen, mm-hmm. if not liked, preferably liked, but at least had seen. And um, all between the thousands of movies that we... want to go first? Okay, so we're going to kind of go back and forth and go through some of the selections that we have uh, written down. We may have crossover. We don't know. We don't know. So. Right. We kind of made our list separately. And here we are recording. All right. So the first movie that I guess I'm going to talk about, this aren't in any necessarily particular order no not at all but um this is a movie that i did like but i don't it's not one of the best movies i've ever seen by any by any stretch and it's what lies beneath oh i've seen that but it's been a very long time yeah so it was one of the few movies that i actually got to see with my mother because she's just not really a horror person Mm -hmm. what lies beneath and it had Michelle Pfeiffer. Yes. And Harrison Ford. Yes. And it was the first time that I had ever seen Harrison Ford play a bad guy. Okay. And it had like shocked me. See, I definitely don't remember this movie because I would remember Harrison Ford as a bad guy. Yeah. So it's a ghost story where the main character, Michelle Pfeiffer, thinks that she sees a murder or that she's being haunted. Mm-hmm. And it's kind of rearview mirror-esque where she kind of, she does see, a, there is a murder. But she doesn't understand the circumstances at first, I guess. Like, it's kind of being misleading. And then, of course, our twist is that the ghost is good. The ghost is um, a murder victim of her husband's Mm -hmm. who's trying to warn her to not also be murdered. Mm -hmm. And so there is a ghost, but the ghost is the good one, and Harrison Ford is the bad one. And it's nice. It's kind of an interesting setup because a lot of the film treats Michelle Pfeiffer like she's crazy. Right. So... And even when you're kind of seeing what she sees, you're like, oh, how did you come to that conclusion? Mm-hmm. So you almost kind of sympathize with Harrison Ford as this long-suffering husband who has to put up with Michelle Pfeiffer's bullshit. Right. And, then, <laughs> and then you get to the nice twist, and they're both such good actors that you, when he kind of makes the switch to, oh, well, now I don't have to pretend to be the good husband anymore, you're like, oh. <laughs> so I, I really liked that um, and it was more of a mainstream movie where it had, you know, big name actors in it. Right. And we saw it in the theaters and everything where up to that point, most of the ghost 
and horror movies that I had seen were kind of, you know, the obscure ones on the shelf at Hollywood video kind of right. thing. Mm-hmm. It's definitely before streaming. <laughs> Absolutely. <laughs> That's That sounds cool. I've not, I feel like I've seen that, but way too long ago to remember. All right, my first one is I Am the Pretty Thing That Lives in the House. Mm. Um, it's streaming on Netflix. I don't think it was ever in theaters. I think it was one of those like straight to streaming sort of things. But it was definitely one of those movies where every time I would go to watch something, whenever I turn on Netflix, usually my go-to is just I'll pick a random horror movie. And for some reason, that one, the title seemed really interesting and I wanted to watch it, but I put off watching it for a long time. No particular reason. It was just kind of like that title, I Am the Pretty Thing That Lives in the House. I'm like, that sounds pretty interesting seems pretty cool the like the thumbnail is like this woman it looks kind of like airy and ethereal or whatever and so the the movie is about a nurse who comes to be like in home care for an older woman and the older woman is an author um you kind of get the sense that her book was very popular but that she only wrote the one book sort mm. of a harper lee kind uh, of thing that's exactly what i was thinking actually <laughs> right one one book hugely famous never wrote again and so she's taking care of this woman and she comes across this like mold in the house and she starts to get the feeling that this house is haunted well of course you're in this home of this famous author she's never read the book the woman has tons of copies of the book so she cracks it open reads the book and between the conversation she has with those old women and this book she starts to get the sense that this book isn't fictional and that as opposed to it being about a fictional story, it's about a real murder that happened in the house where she's living. And so over time, you know, all these odd things happen to her that kind of get you thinking that like, oh, maybe she's right. Maybe this house is haunted. And then um, the movie ends with this woman, this nurse, seeing the ghost and then dying of a heart attack in the house. And so the whole time, she is the pretty thing that lives in the house because now when this next family moves into the house, now she's the ghost that is watching them in the house. It's kind of a cool... That is cool. It was kind of a cool twist. When you... It opens with a voiceover and there's a voiceover the whole time and it's a woman and she's talking about how she's the pretty thing. And so you get this feeling that it's like the other ghost but then it turns out to be like that actual nurse has mm-hmm. now died and is now haunting this house which is kind of sad i was like oh now you're trapped here forever that's kind of terrible but at the same time like the original ghost wasn't scary and you get the sense that she's not going to be like a scary ghost right she's not she has no there's no malice there at mm-hmm. all it was kind of cool i do i like those kinds of ghost stories and I think that's what makes it or what made us want to differentiate between the possession demon stories Mm -hmm. and the ghost stories is that ghost stories even when the ghost is violent or the ghost is angry have a different feeling to them they're kind of sad and almost like a little mysterious right Um, Mm -hmm. and you just don't really get that with the demon I mean demon-y things happen in a demon movie and then you go do some research and (laughs) and then you defeat the demon-y thing you get the holy water or say its name or Mm -hmm. mm -hmm. you can have really violent ghosts. You can have really nice ghosts who are trying to help you. It just depends. I also like the way that ghost stories can kind of play with your perception of reality because it almost feels like ghosts are out of time. It's better with longer works. So something like the haunting of Hill house, since it was a TV show, you could definitely do a lot with that. That one kind of played with the timeline a little bit. A little bit. Yeah. Because by the time when the movie starts, she's already died in the house, but you don't know that. Mm -hmm. So you get to watch her whole like storyline and then find out that she's the pretty thing. That's pretty cool. Um, 1408. 
Oh, I've seen Stephen that King. One. Yes, That's John Cusack. Um, that one I really liked because it's about vengeful ghosts, yes. or or at least uh, very aggressive, mm-hmm. you know, malicious ghosts. But they have rules, and I like when a story or a movie establishes a set parameter and sticks with it. Right, mm-hmm. and so. The whole purpose of the 1408 is that there's this room and it's haunted. And when you stay there, you kill yourself. And so Mm -hmm. while these ghosts can put you through your paces and make you feel as though you're experiencing physical pain or danger, it really is all just kind of an illusion to get you to complete the goal. So if you kill yourself, the room wins. If you manage to survive and leave, then you win. Mm -hmm. And so anything in your past, any kind of trauma or any kind of fear is fair game for them to use, but they can't actually physically hurt you in a lasting way. In a lasting way, right. And so I thought that they did a really good job of showing transitions from one hallucination or experience to the next. Mm -hmm. And since his whole goal was to stay, I think just a night. I think, yeah, it was just a night. He was just trying to, that was, he was just trying to get in, get out, Mm -hmm. you know, survive it. The the timeline's really interesting because sometimes you feel like the night's over, but it's not. it's not. Mm -hmm. And that's all with that ghostly playing with perception of time. Isn't Samuel Jackson in that one? I feel like he's the hotel... <laughs> I feel like he's, he's the hotel the- desk guy. I think I remember that one of the things I really liked about it is that John Cusack comes up and he plays John Cusack, which is always the same character. Right. Where he's this pompous and yet still hangdog yeah. uh, kind of pathetic guy. Like, right. just always. In, in every movie from the 80s, he's just always that guy. Oh, that's right, because he's there to prove that it's not real. Right. That's the, right. He's walking in like, oh, this is fake. I'm going to totally stay in this room and prove you wrong. And Sam's like, okay. Yeah, at first he's <laughs> like, I'm not even running out that room. I don't have time to be cleaning blood off the walls kind right. of thing. And, of course... John Cusack is so overbearing and so obnoxious and so over the top <laughs> that you can kind of see Samuel L. Jackson being like, you know what? Fine. Fine. <laughs> go, here, go. Go die. Whatever. Just get out of my face. You're, yeah, absolutely. It's kind of neat because I do think eventually John Cusack does try to get help from him or Samuel L. Jackson feels bad and tries to help him anyway. Right. Um, after After the events. But he ends up being... You know, it's kind of it's kind of like a buddy movie <laughs> and at places with the two of them kind of clashing, but also trying to both not have another victim to the room. Right. I'm going to cheat a little bit because while you were describing 1408, another movie that I can't believe was not our first choice crossed my mind and I looked it up and technically it's streaming somewhere. You have to pay for it on Amazon, but it's on Amazon. Okay. 13 Ghosts. Ooh. How did we not... We're looking for a ghost story. We are. And there's no possession there. No. They are legit ghosts. They are. I freaking love 13 Ghosts. That is like one of those movies where, and it doesn't come on very much anymore. No. Like for a while, you know how like HBO or Cinemax or whatever, mm-hmm. they'll have one, one, like a few movies that they play every day. I watched that movie to death. And I can't even tell you why. I don't know what it is about it. There's something really just like almost like, home comfort <laughs> about about 13 ghosts i love the idea of this house that's all glass i love the idea of this poor single father just trying to take care of his kids and like just doing the best he can and like the fact that i love that i love that movie i can't believe i didn't think of that so if you've never seen 13 ghosts i'm getting ahead of myself <laughs> it is basically about tony shaloub which, if you've ever seen... Oh my, what was that show? That Monk. Monk. If you've never seen Monk, not horror, 
but it's an amazing show. It is. Totally watch it. But he is this father, and we find out it's a he's a father. He has two children, a teenage girl, yes. and then a younger boy who's maybe like eight to ten years old, yeah. young kid, but um old enough to kind of know better or whatever. And so he's they live in this apartment. He manages somehow to afford a nanny. I guess the 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 um she was a rapper at the time and I can't think of her. Oh name. yeah, yeah, but, yeah. Um, but so he has these two kids and his wife. We find out has um she died in a fire. Yes, yes, she died in a fire. It was like a a, a home fire and she was the only one who didn't survive. Um, and so now he's alone trying to raise these two children, doing the best he can. They clearly don't have enough money, live in a small apartment, it's cluttered, you mm-hmm. know, whatever. And then suddenly they get this visit from this guy who says, you know, like something like your uncle or somebody who's very rich, he recently passed away, and he's left you this house. And so he's kind of like, okay, I vaguely remember this this uncle, whatever, I know this name, he really is related to me. They go to see this house, and first of all, this house is in the middle of literal nowhere. Yeah. And I mean, like, trees everywhere, you can barely even find it. They get there at night. It is 100% glass. Mm-hmm. The walls, the floors, it is completely glass. And of course, the kids are like, oh my God, this is so cool. Look at this house. The dad's kind of like, mm, don't touch anything. <laughs> this house is amazing. Like, I don't know why we deserve this. This house is kind of weird. And long story short, the whole thing is a trap to open up a portal to the underworld. Yes. <laughs> so they're trapped in this house and there's this... Um, like a psychic or a medium who there who's like supposed to be controlling everything. Long story short, they need 13 ghosts to complete this ritual or whatever. But one of the ghosts has to like sacrifice themselves in the house. Like they have to be a new ghost or a something new ghost like that. Or something like that. Mm-hmm. And so the goal is that it's set up so that this father, this lonely father will like sacrifice himself for his kids. But haha, he actually saves them all. He does. Which is the best part. I actually was kind of happy that it ended like Me that. Me too. It is a great movie. It was it was it was really cool because it had the setup of an old horror game like um, specifically yes. like a, like an old sierra point and click horror yes. game where you would nameless person stumble into this horrible thing and then just have to get by um and and so right up until the end where you actually do get out so you get the good end um <laughs> <laughs> it really kind of very closely follows that trope i mean they collect items and, yes. and when they're collecting like the ghosts they show them right they show them collecting a few of the ghosts like going to the place where they died or and trying to get the ghosts it's so it was visually especially for that like that when it came out oh yeah 2001 something like, like that something like that like it was visually appealing it looked the the special effects were really cool they were yeah 2001 you're right yeah i just i can't believe that that was like not the first thing on my list when we decided to do ghost movies. It is. It is such a good one. It's one of the Matthew, when Matthew Lillard was just popping up and stuff all the time. And I was like, oh, there he is. Oh, there he is. There's that guy. (laughs) And then of course, at that point, I don't remember if Tony Shalhoub had started doing Monk yet, but I knew him from, oh, there was this old show about an airport. I'm not going to remember the name of it that he was on. And I liked him on before he was Monk, before he was famous. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I think that might've been pre-Monk. How long did Monk run? I feel like Monk ran for a it long time. It ran for a long time. It was a good show. It was a good show, though. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Not horror, but, you know. No. But, it, I mean, murdery, so. Oh, true, because he was a detective. Yeah, yeah, so there was some murder in it, if you if you want to check it out. If you want to check it out. <laughs> you no, know, that is a really good one. You know what? I'm going to segue into a similar movie that was kind of the same time frame, House on Haunted Hill. Ooh, yeah. Right? So, House on Haunted Hill, 
It's not Haunting at Hill House. They're very, I always get the titles confused, even though I know the differences. When people were talking about the Haunting on a Hill House, I was like, oh, they made that good movie a series? No, it's not the same thing. No. No. Nope, I was confused. Mm -hmm. So, (laughs) (laughs) although there is The Haunting. Yes. Which was kind of a movie version of Haunting at Hill House. Yes. But it's much closer to the novel. It's right. So... There's, a, there's just a lot going on with <laughs> houses and haunting and, and haunting hills. And, um, and I think I think it's... So haunt, House on Haunted Hill... House on Haunted Hill, ...is yes. kind of cool because it sets it up at the beginning that there are no ghosts. Right. But then there are. So it starts off with the crazy... Is it Jeffrey Rush? But he's yes. Jeffrey Rush is doing a really good Vincent Price impression. Yes. The entire movie. Yes, he is. The whole movie. So I actually... Every time I think of this movie, I think it's older than it is. Because the old version, it was Vincent exactly. Price. Exactly. played that part. Mm-hmm. Um, but he holds... Um, he's a millionaire, like an eccentric guy, and he invites a bunch of people. And I, I think they say the parameters for why he in, invites these people, but it, it ends up just being a collection of random people. Right. Which is something that I miss from old horror movies, when it used to be just... A collection of random people right, in a location. Days, always a group of friends. Yeah, so people who have some kind of of a relationship, but I like it when it's random people who have to form bonds or betray each other immediately. Right, immediately, yeah. <laughs> um, I've always I've always liked that setup. But so it was one of those where there's uh, there might be like periphery people that he knows. I think so. But he yeah. sends out these invitations for everybody to come to this haunted house, this supposedly haunted house, and if you can make it to midnight without dying or chickening out and leaving, right? Or to dawn, it had to be dawn. It had to be dawn. Right? Um, dawn. Then you would win like a million dollars or something. But it was like the more people who left, the people who stayed got more money. Right. They were splitting it. Basically. Yeah. And so it's you know if you can get people to leave to scare them, then obviously you're share of the pot grows bigger the fewer people there are to split it with yeah right and so very early on it looks as though you know oh there's ghosts and haunting and stuff but then you see that it's all kind of a setup that a lot of it's like electronic which Mm -hmm. is cool because that was also the plot of the old one but there was only so much you could do with technology right and so now or at least then even though it was still early 2000s Mm -hmm. it was all kinds of cool like machines and robots and and, and so we as the watcher get to see someone basically pulling the puppet strings yeah and that was really cool but then of course it is haunted right and then things happen (laughs) things go on from there so it's i really liked it because it kind of reversed your expectations and then put them back Mm -hmm. um and then it had a great cast for the time too it did it definitely did so it was it was one of those fun movies but this was a movie where everyone did not make it to the end nope though i was very happy because the black guy did. Yeah. And when that was one of the one, one of, of those, those early ones rare where rare movies where the black guy makes it to the end. Yes. And doesn't die first or no. even in the middle. That's true. I forgot that he survived. Mm-hmm. He it's him survive. and the blonde girl. Yep. That's another movie that I could watch over and over and over again. That movie had a soundtrack that I liked. Oh yeah, it did have there a good was soundtrack. A lot of Marilyn Manson. Yes. <laughs> and oh, because his. I want to say that's the one where his remake of uh, Sweet Dreams I is, think in, so. is in that soundtrack. That I think that kind of started my, like, I'm going to start downloading songs from movies thing. Because yeah. now I do that a lot. But that's when I think House on Haunted Hill, I remember really liking that soundtrack, which is um, not common for a horror movie or a scary movie. Yeah, there's a few. Bride of Chucky, for some reason, even though that's not a very good oh, movie. I have to check that out. I love that soundtrack. <laughs> I have that soundtrack. I had like a physical copy. I had it downloaded. Like I have a Spotify list of it. Like <laughs> I love that. I love that soundtrack. I'm going to have to check that soundtrack out. I don't think I've ever seen Bride of Chucky. It's not bad. It's funny. Okay. You know, I it's, mean, it's Chucky, so yeah. Yeah. So, but it's one of the ones that's 
funny that is really actually funny do you know what i mean and okay. not ones where they were just trying to be funny yeah so i think jennifer tilly makes that movie really really I'm funny sure she does. um but the whole like it has that similar kind of like metal rock aesthetic yeah. going on just a little bit past peak where that was where that okay. was cool so it's got a good it's just it goes together very well it feels like all the songs on that soundtrack feel like they come from the same movie which is cool that's cool Let's see. I guess my next one, with no segue whatsoever, because now I'm just kind of going whatever order. Yeah. Um, would be the Lodgers. It's just like straight to Netflix. I don't think I've seen that one. Yeah. Wasn't in the theaters. It was pretty good. I didn't think. I didn't. I didn't realize it was going to go the direction it went. It's about basically this boy and a girl. They are brother and sister. They live in this house, and there are like you can tell there are rules in the house. They have to both be in bed by midnight. And they're, as far as I can tell, the only ones that live there. I don't remember if they had any, like, servants. I think there were some people who worked there. But it's clearly kind of like old Victorian home. They're obviously wealthy people. And they live in this house and they have these strange rules. But, like, they can't invite strangers to come in. And they have to be in bed at midnight. And the son, or the brother, because these they're twins, is, like, a recluse. He really never leaves the house. Barely even, like, to go outside on his own property sort of where the the sister is all about like let's go to town let's meet people she wants to get out there into the world like you know she just wants to know more than this house and throughout the movie you get this almost incestuous sense Mm -hmm. um more from the brother than from her just in things that he says and the way he behaves with her and it makes you really uncomfortable but at the same time like you never actually see him lay hands on her Mm -hmm. so it's creepy but like okay maybe and they're just and then they're twins the same age so like and he's not exactly a strapping young man he looks really sickly yeah almost where you're like if she i guess if she needed to take him she probably could you know (laughs) what i mean like you feel like okay but of course at some point she meets a guy in town and he's handsome and she's like oh this is my ticket out you know because her brother refuses to leave the house like she's like let's just leave we don't have to follow these rules our parents said this but they're not here anymore because their parents are both dead she's like let's just leave let's escape we don't have to do this there's a whole world out there brother won't go she meets this guy who comes back from war and she's, the first thing she does is invite him in the house and the mm. brother's freaking out like you know these are the rules we're not allowed to do this why would you let him in the house and so you get the sense that the brother is going to do something to him but it isn't even the brother who does who does it oh, there are actually ghosts in this house. Like, these rules are rules because, um, twist, so if you hate spoilers, I don't know, skip ahead a few minutes, <laughs> but it's like a curse, a generational curse in their family Ooh. that, like, a pair of twins sleep together, have twins, and then suicide themselves. Oh, God. They, like, drown themselves in the river out back. And so the reason this brother is a recluse is because he actually witnessed their mother and father kill themselves. Oh, God. Um, and the sister never saw that. Like, she knows what happened. But, uh, you know, seeing it. Yeah. Seeing your father drown your mother and then himself would, uh, of course, traumatize you for life. And so the reason we get these incestuous vibes is because this brother now it's like when we're 18 this is our destiny we have to then be we have to sleep together to produce twins and the sister's like no not having this and so the story ends unfortunately with them still living in the house he the ghosts actually kill her boyfriend in the house Mm. and then they like 
drown her except not in the river the floor turns into water she goes under she's gone um it's kind of sad like it doesn't it doesn't have a happy ending but it was actually pretty good it was really psychological mm-hmm. at the beginning like you don't know that it's gonna be i had no idea it was gonna be a ghost story until it was a ghost story but it was pretty good i really liked it it was um one of those movies where you can't do something else while you're watching it. You yeah. have to actually pay attention or you will be very confused. But it was kind of artsy, which isn't terrible. I mean, I tend to hate artsy movies, but this one was okay. It wasn't that bad. It's good for Netflix. Yeah, good for Netflix. <laughs> That's always a... We actually have been really bad so far about saying where you can watch these movies. Oh, <laughs> uh, but I think everything that we've talked about so far is either available on Netflix or on Amazon. Amazon right. Um, so if you have been curious about any of these that you, you might wanted have to, to see. pay for it on Amazon, but it is on Amazon. It is there. It is sure available. It is surely there, yes. Let's see. I had Poltergeist Ooh. on here. The old Poltergeist. <gasps> oh, I, Poltergeist. Um, I, I didn't mind the new Poltergeist, but it's no. just something about the original. And I feel like it's one of those stories, kind of like some of the Stephen King stories we were talking about a little bit before, yeah. um, where the setting works for this story and updating Mm -hmm. it kind of puts a wrench in things. So when the little girl goes missing in the old one, it's like the sixties. And so you kind of understand why the parents are first kind of, Oh, she's around here somewhere because that's, I mean, parenting was a lot more lax then. And then also why they don't call the cops right away. Exactly. Um, Because Mm -hmm. weird things are happening in the house and they go, oh my God, you know, what are they going to do? Let's go, let's find out other things and that's when they get in touch with with the paranormal people. Right. Whereas the newer one, I think, like, it doesn't make as much sense. It doesn't. It's almost like I would have assumed... Because of the way they set it up, it seems almost like an abduction. Right. And so if I... (laughs) If my child was missing, I'm calling the police immediately. Right. From my cell phone, the moment I decide, oh, she's never coming back. I think that's what it is. I think there's like the cell phone or something like that, or they're making phone calls because the the parents are just out at like dinner because they're going to go get... He's trying to get a job. Right. And Mm -hmm. so they find out she's missing right away, but the way it's presented from the babysitter sounds like she was just stolen. It doesn't sound Right. It doesn't sound paranormal. Like, oh, I can't find her. It's oh my gosh, she was kidnapped. Right. Like, which you would call the police in 2019. I don't know. Yeah. Something yeah. about the situation of poltergeist where a kid can be lost in your house for two weeks and nobody really knows about it just doesn't <laughs> it doesn't work when you modernize it even to the eighties. Like it just doesn't work it anymore. It doesn't work now. Some you should <laughs> please call Please call the police. <laughs> if your child, if you don't see your child, your young child for many, many hours, just just call nine one one. It'd be okay. That's all right. Amber alerts. You know, it's it's better safe than sorry. Better safe than sorry. Maybe in the walls. If it happens to be a poltergeist, deal with that later. Right. Just get the just get the word out there. Yeah. You never know. Yeah. <laughs> but I love the old poltergeist. The old poltergeist is definitely one of those movies. Um, as I've said on a previous episode, my mother, I could read anything I want, but I couldn't watch anything I wanted. Um, because I have a very powerful imagination. I mean, if you say that there's a bug on me, you could be lying, but I'm going to feel it sort of thing. (laughs) So my mom knew that like seeing things definitely influenced me a lot more than reading where I had to control the world better. And so I remember... The first time I saw the original Poltergeist, which I don't know how old I was, I was a kid, mm-hmm. and um, my 
older cousin. She's seven years older than me. She was watching it at my grandmother's house. That's where we were. And I realized she's watching something scary. And so I just kind of go in and stand behind the chair. She's watching it in kind of like trying to seem like if my grandmother caught me at any moment, I could be like, Oh no, I was just going over here. Let me turn around. And of course, and I don't even remember if this is the first one or not. The scene I walk in on is where the girl is in the bathroom and her braces attack her face. I was uh, terrified to say the <laughs> least. I did not watch that movie for a very long time. Like even when I was old enough to handle it, I I was that scared me to a point where I was an adult before I actually watched <laughs> the original Poltergeist because I just couldn't. I was terrified. I don't remember if that was the original or not. Because aren't there two or three? There's definitely two. There's definitely two. I want to say it was the original. I feel like it took longer for things to get on TV anyway. It did, definitely. And home release. <laughs> Sometimes you'd be waiting like a year. And we weren't watching it like on VHS. Like, no, my, my grandmother, it was TV. Mm. That was it. So it was had to be on. And I don't even think, was cable a thing? I don't know. <laughs> I'm definitely aging myself now. <laughs> I don't know. She's watching it on television. That was the scene I saw. I did not watch the rest. I was terrified. You know what? It's kind of weird that we have that sort of generational crossover of where I've definitely, I've definitely lived in houses where we only had rabbit ear TV. Yes. So we had those like four channels. Yep. Um, maybe five if you wiggled it right. <laughs> and that was all you got because you didn't have cable or that TV didn't even have the equipment to hook up a, ca- a cable no, box. No, you couldn't even write. When we got cable, we had to get new TVs. Yeah. And so, <laughs> and then when cable was the thing and then when cable was the norm, oh my God, I can't believe you don't have cable, but it was only, it had only been the standard for like less than a decade yeah <laughs> and then and then making the transfer over to the digital to where almost nobody has cable now right That's, i don't I, it, even know if you can get cable anymore it's sort of an aging thing like that oh you have weird, cable that year where it was kind of like hey rabbit ears are gonna go out of soon your rabbit ears won't work you gotta do and there was that whole thing where like my grandmother because she didn't have cable had to buy go had to send in for this special box because like regular analog tv was going out of style. i remember that whole transition that's so so crazy i'm not we're not that we're old. not but we just you know <laughs> technology moved quickly in we're, our lifetime perhaps yes, we are definitely that age group where like we've seen everything we've mm-hmm. seen where no one ever had a computer in their home i used to type essays for school on a typewriter it was electronic but still yeah it wasn't because that was what because you only had computers like at libraries and yeah. schools people didn't have computers in their home that wasn't that like wasn't a thing that's crazy i remember calling pay-per-view <laughs> because your remotes weren't smart right. you couldn't order it you through the to, remote you had, right. to call you had to call pay-per-view, pay-per-view. or calling the movie line yeah. to listen and like, oh what, to see what time <laughs> Waiting for it to get to the movie you want to see yes. and like listen for the, you better have that piece of paper ready, ready. to write it down because you go back to your mom and you don't remember. You got to call it back. Oh my, that's, oh. The TV channel guide like yes. where you had to wait, just yeah. hang out and yeah. wait until. <laughs> oh, I want to know what's on channel 36. Oh, it's at 82. Got to wait for it to scroll back around. <laughs> <laughs> and we're not that old. We're not. We promise. Wow. We promise. <laughs> I promise. <laughs> memories i don't miss i don't miss those things no no i, I much appreciate i appreciate my roku and my cell phone yes entertainment technology <laughs> absolutely my next one is the disappointments room which i really wanted to see i remember that the trailer for that looked really good it does Ooh, who's in that i 
I want to call her Liv Tyler, but I don't think that's I don't think that's her. That's not who that is. It's not that it's not that's not who she is. Oh my god, I'm a terrible person. Cat's looking it up right now. I sure am. But while I'm while she's doing that, um Beck and Sale. Beck and Sale. Kate Beck and Sale. Mm-hmm. Yes. Good grief. So the disappointments room is about a husband and wife, babe. The wife I believe is in architect mm. i think and um they move into this beautiful house that in her mind is like a fixer upper because she's an architect she's planning on like restoring this you know this beautiful house into it's like former glory kind of a project for herself and so they're in this house and they go in all the rooms of course and they they have a child they have one child they had to but like something happened to the younger daughter she died for some reason so this is kind of their like let's get a fresh start to get over our grief sort of thing moving into this house and there is one room that they cannot get into it is locked and of all the keys that they've found so far um none of the keys work and so uh kate beckinsale's character doesn't work outside the home she's an architect it's kind of a freelance thing you know um and so she spends a lot of her time working on plans for this house and attempting to get into this room. And eventually, I believe it's the child who manages to figure out how to get into the room almost by accident. But it turns out that there was a girl who lived there before, um, of the family who lived there before, and something was wrong with her. And that room was the room where she was basically imprisoned, not abusively so. Um, you know, she had a bed, she had dolls, the room was painted very beautifully, she got nice dresses, but she was basically trapped in this room and now she haunts that house. Kate Beckinsale eventually, like, they start to see her and they see her story, of course, as we always at some point get the, the flashback where we see the ghost story. And her father was really very harsh on her. And so he sent, eventually they have to sort of like save this ghost girl from her father sort of thing. Kate Beckinsale does the whole like, I'm your mother kind of, not I'm your mother, but kind of like protector sort of thing. Mm-hmm. And then And then their house is safe. Like it doesn't end. It's not really horror or scary or bloody or it's just like your basic just like hey there's this ghost story ghost with an interesting story in our house um let's try to help her sort of thing that's pretty cool it was it was nice it had a nice it had a nice ending i'm realizing now a lot of ghost stories do have decent endings yeah i think because the that whole atmosphere of it being kind of sad yes right? yeah they always have a lot of ghosts at least in movies always have a very sad it's a sad reason that they are where they are. The woman in black was one of mine. And I did like the movie. It was one of the first Daniel Radcliffe movies post Harry Potter that I remember being at least commercial, like Mm -hmm. pretty like wide release commercial. And I did like it, but I will say that I liked it better after I think relatively soon after I saw the movie, maybe a year or two later, Mm -hmm. the local theater company around here put on a production of it. And once you kind of see how the play is set up, because it's based on a a stage play. Okay. Once you see how the stage play is put up, it makes a lot more sense, I guess. Mm -hmm. And there were a lot of things that just didn't translate well. So for example, um, as a general overview for Woman in Black is that you have this young man who is going to this house. He's something like, an estate curator or something like that, maybe a lawyer where he he's going through all of the paperwork for someone who has passed away yeah. um, for their estate. And 
when he tells everybody in the small town where he's going, they all treat him really weird. And mm-hmm. he feels really weird about it too, but he kind of goes with it because he he needs the money or something like that. Or, yeah. he's, or he's like a junior in the law firm and he really needs to do this. There's some reason that's kind of pushing him to continue, even though there's clearly a lot of warning signs that they don't want him to be there and that they tell him this is a bad idea. And what ends up happening is that there's a curse on the house um, and there's a ghost in the house. Mm-hmm. And if you are unlucky enough to go to the house and also see her, then you get this curse put on you. And basically every time that you look at a child after you've been cursed, something bad happens to that kid. And so you yourself are the harbinger of this doom Um, without even knowing it and so he ends up indirectly being responsible for these really terrible things that happen Um, and it's kind of good and it's kind of sad and the ending doesn't make a whole lot of sense right and I think part of what that is is that in the stage play it's very similar except that it's set up it's it's like a play within a play okay it's a play within a play so that it's set up like an interview and then you see parts of what they're talking about has happened in the past. Mm -hmm. They're two different characters and they combined them for the movie. So the lawyer who goes and gets cursed and is young is different from the person who's like experienced all these tragedies. And it makes a lot more sense because they have the dialogue back and forth Mm -hmm. where you almost have the older person like, Hey, this is the terrible thing that happened. Be careful. And the younger person not understanding. Right. So you actually get the explicit warnings because in the movie, he's so independent um, or he's so isolated from the beginning that he never gets that. Don't do this. Mm -hmm. Um, And you feel a little cheated because it's kind of like, man, how, how is he supposed to know? (laughs) Like (laughs) you can't, I mean, you could have made something up. You're some crazy small town you could just be like we're real religious and you can't uh, lay eyes on unmarried women so we're gonna hide all of our kids or something Something, you could have just come up with something better instead they're just like weird with him until a kid dies and then they're like this is why we were weird with you and he was like what What? you just tell me (laughs) so the play is really good and a lot of the things that happen that we actually kind of see in the movie they kind of occur off stage and so you see everyone else like freaking out right. or reacting to, and you don't actually see like the kind of cheesy staging, yeah. I guess. And so that's a lot more effective. I remember it being like there were legitimately chilling parts of it. So I would absolutely suggest seeing the play, even if you've seen the movie, because then you might like it a little better. That's cool. That's, that would be nice. Okay. I didn't even know it was a play. I didn't know until I saw like the playbill pop up and I was like, oh. I'm going to go. I would do that. Um, my last one is Mama. Mm, I liked Mama. I yeah. did like Mama. I don't. I f- I feel like I had mixed feelings. I didn't dislike Mama. I don't remember now. I really, really liked the short film. So it was originally a short film on YouTube. If you mm. haven't seen it, listeners, and it's really good. And once it had been, uh, once it kind of went viral a little bit. And it's just one tiny little scene. Del Toro really liked it when he saw it and reached out to the person who came up with it and helped him develop this whole feature length film. And I think, I feel like there was some weirdness, you know, he's so busy. I feel like Del Toro's yeah. on literally everything now. I think so too. And so I feel like he didn't actually work on this film as much as he wanted to. Okay. And so then the end result's a little disappointing. The premise is really cool and the opening's really cool. Yes. And the scene in the middle, which is the basis for the short is really, really good, but the end kind of fizzles out. Okay, so maybe I didn't. 
But okay, so Mama is about um, basically these two young girls and their father are on their way to, I do not remember where they're on their way to, but it's winter and there's a lot of snow on the ground. And um, long story short, he gets into a horrible car accident, crashes the car, all three of them survive the crash. He manages to get them, he manages to stumble across this like house or cabin in the woods and he leaves the girls there, right? Is this the right movie? Am I making this up? Right? Telling them that he's going to like go get help and return. Right? Isn't keep keep talking. And so and so essentially though, something happens to him while he's trying to get help and he never returns. Yes, yes. But these girls um survive for a length of time, not too long. I want to say it was at least I feel like it was a year. I don't know if they tell us how long they were there. But it was a long time. But it was a long time. These girls survive a long time um, in this house because there is a spirit that cares for them that they call Mama. And we know it was years because the youngest girl could like barely toddle. And by the time they're found, she's like fully formed walking like a six-year-old or something like yeah it was quite a long time these girls managed to live in this cabin basically on cherries like when the when they when they're discovered there are just cherry pits all over the house but this spirit this this ghost is caring for them they call this spirit mama and so these girls are somehow discovered and of course taken into a city and eventually get fostered out or adopted but this spirit comes with them because as far as she's concerned, these children are hers. Yes. Um, and so, you know, even though the family that took these girls in are very nice people, they have good money, now they're dealing with these girls. They'll see the girls playing. Um, or especially the younger one. The younger one was still very much attached to the spirit where the older daughter kind of wanted to, she wanted to let mama go and sort of, be more assimilated with this regular family. Yeah, I think, was that the movie where it's the dad's younger sister who takes them in? Yes. And so yes, it's it is. part of what complicates it almost that you kind of feel sympathy for Mama, which is interesting because you don't ever really see her talk or anything no, like that. You don't. Um, she's more of just this presence and she can manifest herself kind of in a scary way because she's a, you know, scary, ghosty person. <laughs> right. But <laughs> much. you still kind of can see her point of view because the, the woman who takes them in is really young. She's like maybe early 20s. Right. And she's Jessica like, Chastain. Yes, young Jessica Chastain. Yes. And she's like, this artsy, cursing, drinking right. like bad a girl. Band. She has a band or yeah. something. So she's super like, she's super irresponsible. Like she can barely keep mm-hmm. herself alive. And then for some reason, the city's like, yeah, you got this. I know they've been living in the woods for two years, right. but here you go. You thought they were all dead, but oh, look, we found your nieces. Here they are. And they just kind of hand them over. And she's like, oh, um, okay. And so she's like really bad at it. And so you can almost feel mama hovering. Like, let me just make sure they're okay. Okay, this isn't working for me. Right. And, then- <laughs> you know, and, and Jessica Chastain's character wants to do well for these girls. She cares about them. She just has no idea what she is doing with these. Because there's not even like you're giving a baby where you can make a few, as long as you feed it and change a diaper, you're doing pretty well. These are girls with opinions and voices and they can talk and they know what they like. And so she's just kind of, thrown into motherhood and mama mama comes with the with them mama's there mm-hmm. and you see the youngest daughter 
talking to mama a lot you see the older daughter trying to break away from mama she's maybe 10 yeah by the something time like you're that found or something old enough to kind of be like starting to want to break away from a mother in general anyway be her own person but now she's like no we're with humans again mama you were great but i'm gonna try to be normal mm-hmm. um and so it's a ghost story in that poor mama even though she's technically a the bad guy really just wants her girls back. The girls are basically at the at this crossroad where there's Jessica Chastain and her husband. Like, we're your aunt and uncle. We're human. We're here for you. And Mama is like, but what about me? And the girls have to choose. The Orphanage was a very good ghost story. I haven't seen that one. Um, it definitely has... It's classic Del Toro. Okay. Guillermo Del Toro. So it's got that creepy blue aesthetic. Mm-hmm. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. And it's Pan's Labyrinth-esque okay. in that it has the same sort of feeling and the same sort of themes, but it's a lot sadder. Mm. Um, and so I really liked it because it's one of those movies that keeps you guessing in a good way uh, where you're not quite sure where it's going, who has, you know, what, what is the ghost? What is not a ghost? What is the purpose? Mm -hmm. You know, what's the, what's their goal? And so it was, it was, I remember it kept my attention all the way through and there's a really cool reoccurring scene, I guess, a reoccurring game where the woman who is running this place uh, plays with the kids and she plays this really creepy version of hide and go seek (laughs) where you like, hide for a bit and turn around and the person can only move when you're like hidden so sometimes she played it she played it when the kids were like when everybody was alive and everything was happy enough so that you knew you knew right later on (laughs) and that that, was gonna come into play when that comes into play like spoiler that little kid ghost is not even a bad ghost that ghost is not trying to hurt her it's like the ghost of her adopted son okay and he's trying to help her um i think find something i think it has something to do with like the house somebody wants to take the house away from her mm-hmm. and so he's trying to lead her to his killer or to the deed to the house something like that but he can only he's like we got to play this game and she's like okay and so you watch it with his like little zombie ghost baby oh. body move oh <laughs> but he's not even bad he's not even a bad ghost he's not gonna hurt her and you kind of know at this point he's not bad but it's it creeped me out so hard so until next time thanks for listening thanks for listening